1: Under the grace of Christ Under the grace of God You know through Christ our sins have been forgiven The sins we've committed in the past The sins that we commit now And the sins in the future But when we do we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit Don't we Are we going to be perfect? No We serve a perfect God You know the scripture says that we're complete It says that we are righteous But not by anything we've done But we put on the righteousness of Christ It's because of what he's done
0: We have amazing grace in Jesus, all because Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins. As a result, we are now justified and freed from all sin. It can be your past, present, or even a sin you're about to commit. God forgave everything. Today, Pastor Eddie tells you how you're perfect through Jesus and how he justified you by taking away all your sins. As a result, now you feel the conviction of sin and can repent instantly. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, as he continues his message, The Earthly Sanctuary. I want to run, I want to run, I want to run right to your Lord
1: I want to run, I want to run, run, I'm running the race. you see Isaiah chapter 6. He saw the angels and, you know, two had two wings to fly, two wings to cover their eyes and two wings to cover their feet is a sign of humility is to humble yourself in the presence of God. And that's why the cherubims are um, now they humble. They actually overshadowed the mercy seat. Now, in the Ark of the Covenant, in the Ark of the Covenant, there are three things. You have number one, the golden pot of manna, the golden pot of manna. It's just like the same way I just mentioned that we keep a box of things that meant so much. I don't know if you ever catch some arts and crafts of things, you know, remember that ashtray kids we always make Whether you smoked or not, it was the most ugliest thing. Why am I putting that on my desk? I don't smoke and it's ugly, but it meant a lot. But anyway, this is how it is. It's like God remembering and to remind Israel of how he's been with them, how he provided for them. The golden pot of manna. Now, manna, they didn't know what manna was. Manna in the Hebrew means, what is it? That's what it means. Manna, what is it? They would wake up and they see all this manna, and they would make bread cakes out of it. They would—they develop a book of recipes: manicotti, manna and cheese, <laughs> manna burgers, manna, you know, manna splits. Anyway, but you know, they came up with. <laughs> They came with but they they were told, the Lord said, only take what you need daily. Don't take any extra. You know, get those people, they're kind of greedy, they, you know, they want more. But, you know, those who took extra, they realized they shouldn't have because their tent ended up to stink. Okay? And then, oh, your tent smells. What's that smell? Oh, you kept some extra manna, right? <laughs> Stop being greedy. And the Lord is just showing them that God provided for them and that God provided them daily. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. And now... They don't know. Scholars don't even know what manna is, what combination of things to make it, like bread. But it's not bread. It came from heaven. And this is why the Lord kept it there to remind them that God provided for them. The second item you find is Aaron's rod. Read number chapter 16 and 17. In chapter 16, you get the story about Korah, you know, and Korah was the one that went against the leader of. Moses and Aaron and you find that in churches today where people go against this core issues but here what did God God judged those that went against and even Moses and Aaron said listen I know you don't like me I know you don't want me to be a leader but listen I'm being obedient to God God called me I'm ordained you need to respect that and trust me you want the job you can take it but listen it's the Lord it's the Lord's decision I'm not making my I'm just kind of paraphrasing the story here but anyhow Um, Korah didn't want, he rebelled. He said, no, we don't want you. We're tired of you. We're going to vote you out. God did not like that. And what happened? (laughs) The earth swallowed them up, right? And his family, God says, step away from them because God's going to, and that's what God did. The ground broke, God swallowed, God judged them. And after that, in chapter 17, to confirm that God called Aaron and Moses, this is what the Lord said. I want all the tribes of Israel, the leader of each tribe, to bring a staff, a staff, a dead piece of wood, carve their name on it for the tribe, like the tribe of Dan, the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Judah. And I want all of them. And then Aaron, I want you to take all your rods and leave it in the tabernacle. Come the next morning. The rod that budded a flower, and almonds is the one that I have called. The next day, they came, they look at all the 12 rods. It was Aaron's rod, that where it budded, it said almonds, plural, so it's not just an almond, and it's not just a nice little flower. It's an almond branch, and almonds were attached to that dead rod. And that's what God wanted them to remember, that when God calls somebody, hey, don't go against the person, you know, just leave it. And then the next thing you find is the commandments, the Ten Commandments, right? The tablets. And those were in there. That's the law. So these are the things that God kept in there. And he wanted the children of Israel to remember these things. But we have the mercy seat that's there. And, and this is what gives us. This is what points to Christ. Christ provides. Christ gives life. And he is the law. He fulfilled the law. So this points to Christ. It points to Jesus. He's the bread of life. He gives life, even if it's a dead piece of wood, and because of it, he fulfilled the laws and the prophets. Now we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. We don't have to worry about matter. We don't have to know what it is. We just trust in the Lord. He provides for us, and he gives life. It all points to Jesus, and we see that Christ, the high priest, he also, the blood on, that the high priest was sprinkled blood on the mercy seat for the sacrifice for, to atone for his sins and the sins of the nation, but Christ did it once and for all. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 26 to 27, the writer of writes this, for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, the high priest had to daily make a sacrifice, not once a year in the day of atonement, the high priest and the holy of holies, but the priest Had to daily make a sacrifice for their sins. As though high priest, no less is plural, to offer up sacrifice for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Once for all when Christ was nailed to the cross. That is it. We don't need another sacrifice. We don't need the sacrifice of bulls and lambs. We go directly to the cross of Jesus Christ, and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ from the cross that it paid for our sins once and for all. never has to be done again by a high priest or any priest. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 22, he says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest By the blood of Jesus, we can enter because of Christ. By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, a full assurance of faith. Now, because of Jesus, we don't have to be like the priest hanging out in the holy place or the nation of Israel hanging out outside the court. We can boldly come to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ, and we can enter the Holy of Holies in heaven and is not an earthly tabernacle. Now look at the end of verse 5. He goes on to say, of these things we cannot speak in detail. There's just so much. You could spend months on just studying the tabernacle and see the typology and and see how Christ fits in everything. And if you want, if you have time for the details, well, you can read chapters 25 to 30 of Exodus. And I think it's a good read if you do study it and find Christ in all the pages there and within those chapters. However, the purpose that he wanted to show the first readers of the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrew wanted to show you, me, all of us, that the earthly tabernacle was a typology. It was, it was to point to Christ. It's a shadow of the substance, which is jesus christ so that's verses one through five the earthly sanctuary lord willing on next Sunday we look at the heavenly sanctuary we're going to continue on verses six through ten in which we see the limitations of the earthly service look at verse six it says now when these things have been thus prepared the priest plural always went into the first part that's the holy place not the holy of holies of the tabernacle performing service so only the priest could enter The other tribes, the other people of Israel cannot go into this place, only the priests. And what the priests would do every evening, every morning, they would make sure there's oil in the lampstand. They would light up the golden altar of incense, okay? And every week on Shabbat, they would eat the 12 loaves of bread and bake fresh bread. And we could see them just, you know, daily, this is what they would do daily, twice a day. No one was allowed in there. So can you imagine just being a Jew on the outside? I, said, I wonder what's, how that looks. I wonder what's, what it's like to do the service of the Lord there. Verse 7, but into the second part, the high priest, that's only the high priest, once a year, went alone once a year, not without blood. He had to go in with blood, which he offered for himself, first for himself and for the people's sin. Committed in ignorance. So he will go in once a year to atone for his sins and the sins of the people. Can you imagine being the high priest? Now the high priest every year feared God. Feared that if he went into the Holy of holies and he wasn't right, the Lord would kill him. The Lord would kill him. Because you couldn't go into the presence of God. The ark of the Cuddle was as the presence of God unless you were without sin. Now, the reality is, was he sinless? We all know that's impossible because he had to atone. He had to sacrifice for his sins. He had to obey the law. He was man. He was born out of Adam. He was born in sin. And so, you know, it's been said by some traditions that the high priest will actually stay two weeks in the holy place. Before the day he goes into the Holy of Holies. Because again, he doesn't want to get on his camel and have another camel cross his path and bless him. So, and he doesn't want to argue with his wife. Hey, the matzo soup is a little cold, you know. Or, you know, let me, you borrow my rake or my lawnmower. They did not want to argue. So he felt if for him to prevent from sinning, he would be in the holy place. The reality is, even when he went in the right way. And if he came out, is still God's grace. Still God's grace. Still God's grace. And just to think that we have a great high priest who is in the holy of holies in heaven and we can enter there with him. Verses 8 through 10 and it says the holy spirit indicating this that the way into the holy of All was not yet made manifested. In other words, I said, while the first tabernacle was still standing, it was still, it was just a picture. They didn't understand. But thank God that we understand now. Because we're living under the new covenant. We're living under the grace of Christ. We're born again. And it says in verse 9, It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regards to the conscious no matter what he did can you imagine after he did that he goes oh boy that was i just baited this yon and menachem how did it look yeah i was scared okay now i could go you know kick the dog or argue with the wife and do whatever i'm not don't put the aspca to me but you know now i don't have to worry about now i could just live life now and then worry about you know getting back next year What's going to happen when they did that? When Yom Kippur every year, what do you think happened once they, you know, the Passover, Day of Atonement? What do you think happened right after that? They sinned. Then They have to wait another 364 days to repeat the same process over and over again. And I wonder what that was like in their conscience to think that they are not right with God. When we live day by day, we're under the grace of Christ, under the grace of God. You know, through Christ, our sins have been forgiven. The sins we've committed in the past, the sins that we commit now, and the sins in the future. But when we do, we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Are we going to be perfect? No. We serve a perfect God. You know, the scripture says that we're complete. It says that we are righteous, but not by anything we've done, but we put on the righteousness of Christ. It's because of what he's done. But We never will be perfect Aside from Christ. And even in Christ, are we going to blow it? Yes, big time. But we have the grace of God. We're under the blood. Can you imagine not living with that peace? You live with a peace. You live with assurance because of Jesus Christ. And if those things don't bother you, then you need to examine your conscience. But to know that I can go to bed because I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've been saved by the blood of Christ. I have eternal life. That no matter where I am, no matter what happens to me, I'll be in the presence of God. Not because of anything I've done, but all because he's done on the work of the cross. And so when the church goes in heaven, in the book of Revelation, it says that we, they cast their crowns. We're going to cast out crowns. It's not saying, Lord, we don't want this crown. We're going to cast the crowns to say, Lord, we've done nothing to be here. We've done nothing to have, let alone life, breath. We've done nothing to have eternal life in Jesus Christ, nothing to be your sons and daughters. And here we are. We've done nothing to be in your presence, to live with you forever. We cast our crowns. We don't deserve it. I'm here because of you, because of what you've done, because of your grace. I know for sure the high priest did not feel... Safe even after going and even out, you know, before going into the Holy of Holies and coming out. And verse 10 says, concerning only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. All this is the service that they had to do, which all points to Jesus Christ. And that's why when we look at the Old Testament, we look at the rules and regulation, and it's a shame that even today you have people who have been born again, saved through grace, and they want to add rules and regulations to their relationship with Christ. You know, oh, yeah, I'm born again, I believe in Christ, but I have to do this. If I don't do this, then you know I'm not going to be right with God. So what Christ did on the cross, is it sufficient? When Jesus said it is finished, tell us die. He didn't hang on the cross it's finished. Now you take it from here. No, the complete work of salvation has been done through Jesus Christ. And now, going back to this here, what the writer of Hebrew is trying to point something here in regards to the earthly tabernacle, not only that God wants to dwell with us, but that it it points to Jesus. But also we see that because of the Old Testament, the the tabernacle, it kind of separated God from people. Think about this. In the tabernacle, uh, there was only one. There was only one man that could enter into the holy of holies. One man, out of millions, one man could enter into the holy of holies. That was never God's intention. God wants all of us in the holy of holies with Him. All of us, every single one of us. And do you see that even in Solomon's temple and Herod's temple, you know there was a veil. There was a veil that separated people at, you know, from one man. Only one man could go into the Holy of Holies, even in Herod's temple and Solomon's temple. In the temple, they had the outer courts You remember when Jesus turned the table over of the money changers, they were making business. They were making the house of God, a house of merchant, but it was more than that. They were robbing the worshipers that, you know, they had to, they couldn't use money, Macedonian money to pay their tithe. They had to go to the money changers and the money changers, because it's a tourist trap. They robbed the worshipers. Oh, yeah, you want to change, you know, your, to, the, to your currency, to the temple currency, to master? All right, it's double the price. Are you kidding me? They would rip the people off. But more than that, the place in where they used, only the Gentiles were allowed to be. That was the only place where the Gentiles who converted to Judaism, because there were Gentiles, they couldn't go into the, the next section. As a matter of fact, they couldn't go in to the inner court. There was a sign from the outer court where the Gentiles would be. And there was a sign that says Jews only. You couldn't go in in the inner court. And if they found a Gentile there, regardless of their practicing Judaism, probably better than they would, they were stoned up to death. So the first court separated Jews and Gentiles. You go into the next, the inner court, it separated the Levites from non-Levites. So even though you were a Jew, you couldn't go in any further. But I'm a Jew. But you're not a Levi. You can't go here. You can't really stay here. Or with the Gentiles. But you can't go to phase three. <laughs> and then the first veil separated the priest from non-priests. Only the high priest can go further in. And you see all these barriers. All these barriers. Which really just gave a picture that man, because of sin, separates man from God. But they made it to a point where no one can worship and God has broken all that. You remember when Jesus was crucified, he gave up his spirit. What happened in Matthew chapter 27 verses 50 to 51? It says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two. Now this is important from top to bottom. The veil of the temple wasn't as short as the veil in the tabernacle. We're talking about compared to 15 feet, it was 30 feet long. It might be more than that. But the thickness was six inches thick, that veil. And the reason why Matthew wrote this is because from top to bottom, because if it was on the bottom, man could have just cut from the bottom. No, it came from top to bottom, not bottom to top. To show that God Himself ripped the veil. Because now, because of Jesus Christ, we have unlimited access to the throne of God. That's why Jesus said, I am the way in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way. Not one of many ways. That's pluralism. All roads don't lead to heaven. Logically, it doesn't make sense. You put my address, my address, my home address with my zip code. On your GPS, you need my exact address. I can't give you another address. I'm not going to say, hey, you want to get to my house? Just put any address on your GPS and we'll take you to my house. One way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. You can't get to heaven. And where the Father is? In the Holy of Holies. Where is Christ seated? In the right hand of the Father, in the Holy of Holies in heaven. Paul wrote in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. He says, for there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, not a veil, not a priest, not a pastor, not a bishop, no one. Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Now let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christ broke the barrier. Never ever did the Old Testament saints or anyone before Christ ever thought that Christ could dwell in our hearts. You mean God could dwell in your heart? God almighty who created heaven? Yes. He doesn't dwell in temples made by hands. The tabernacle and the temple was never given the instruction to build so that God could live in it. So God could put his throne. No. It's a place we could gather. And we may glorify God. The good thing about it is that we serve a God that's omnipresent. He's everywhere. We could worship Him no matter where you are. You can worship Him. There's no veil that separates us. Christ broke the barrier. Christ went to His, now at the Holy of Holy Seat at the right hand of the Father. And He has atoned for the sins of the world through His blood once and for all. That is it. The finished work of Jesus, our great high priest, who's in the heavenly Holy of Holies. Amen. I'm
0: the race. Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Fast Ready has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith, too. One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com. And click on the Back to Home page button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching
1: again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews for today. Our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race.